I, I heard of a lady who, anyway, I better, anyway, she, um, every day she'd pray, okay, how to wear my hair, Lord, and all that. I mean, that, okay, okay. You don't need to be that extreme, but you need to go through life saying, okay, Lord, guide me today. I, I'm depending on your strength. And God give you a brain. You can calculate. Don't sit there. Uh, I'm in my math class. What's the calculations, Lord? He, use your brain, okay? Uh, so I'm not saying be that extreme, but I am saying that if you and I think we can live without God, we are in trouble. Amen? All right, so here we go. God wants you to, to, uh, to be over your head because he wants to work in your life. And if you think you can control every aspect of your life, you're in trouble. Because none of us can guarantee what's going to happen tomorrow. We make plans, and you should do that. You should dream, you should have plans. But none of you in this room, including myself, can, can dictate to tomorrow what tomorrow is going to be like. Anyone tried that? How'd that go for you? Sometimes, I mean, sometimes, and I say, have a plan and work it out. Work it. And things don't work out, just keep going forward, okay? But you and I, we cannot tell what's going to happen tomorrow because we're not God. That's why you need to depend on God. Now, here's the cool thing is God wants to work in your life. He wants to do great things in your life, but you can't do it without him. Do you remember Moses? Moses was the, was the leader of Israel. He had to oversee millions of people, and Moses got to the point, I've got to read this to you. I know there's a lot of scriptures, but I've got to read this to you because, you see, Moses thought he was the leader of Israel. He thought, therefore, he had to oversee every aspect of a million people. Can you imagine that? Every aspect. So let me read this to you. I have it here, Exodus 18. The next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. Morning till evening. Think about that. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Verse 15. Check this out. Moses answered him, Because the people come to me to seek God's will. There's a little bit of a pride thing there. They come to me to seek God's will. I'm Moses. I'm the pastor. I only hear from God. They don't. Trouble. <laughs> okay, trouble. So here it is, okay? Verse 16. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decree and laws. Verse 17. Moses' father-in-law replied, what, are you, what you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. This work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. I know we live in a country that we give, we, everyone, you are awesome and you are, but you still can't handle life by yourself alone. You need family, you need friends, you need a church, you need God. Amen? And God wants to help you. He wants to give you knowledge. He wants to give you ability. So don't think that you can do it without help, but know that God can do great things. Amen? i got to move on. God calls us to things that are beyond our own strength. We, we are at a good place when we acknowledge, God, I give you glory in all these things, all the talents and all the gifts that you give me, they're to your glory, but he wants you to use them out for him. Amen? Again, you're a masterpiece, and you are specifically gifted with gifts that this world needs. Only you can provide those gifts. They might be similar to others, but they're your gifts that you need to provide. And only for them to be beneficial is you need to depend on God. Amen? Because if you start depending on yourself, then you get in trouble. Here's what the, here's what the scripture says, 1 Corinthians th uh, 3. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you thinks he is wise by the standards of this age, he should, he, will, he should become a fool so that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. 
Let me read this from Pastor Robert Morris. Being totally dependent on God isn't an easy truth to grasp. Being totally dependent on God isn't an easy truth to grasp. You see, we, we live in a paradox. Okay, that's a big word, I know. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> a paradox means that um, it's kind of a weird place, parallel thing. We live in a paradox because we need to recognize that without God, we really can't do anything, but if we live in God, we can do a lot of great things. But we have to remember it's never just us that's made us. It's God making us into great things. Amen? You keep that good, you're going to be good. All right, you doing good? Because I want to move on. All right, are you ready? Here we go. You good? Amen. Here we go. The three areas, and this is, there's many, but there's three areas of pride that can show up in our lives. The first is, again, I'm kind of talking about this a little bit more. I'm, I'm trying to emphasize this, is trusting in your own strength. Trusting in your own strength. How many of you have realized that your strength wears out? Okay? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still young. I'm 52. Um, but, but, you know, I was, I was talking to Shelly last week. You know, I, I ride a mountain bike because I want to stay healthy because I love to eat also is one of the other reasons. But I want to be around for my family. So I took a little bit of a spill uh, a few weeks ago. I mean, the, I, thank God I had a helmet on because I was, I was going face first into the ground. So I turned my body. It's like, I don't want to, you know, because it, it would heal, but it would be kind of nasty. So I was going face first off a mountain bike onto the pavement, okay? And I, so I turned my body around and, of course, put my arm down. And, and still today, it's been two weeks ago, but my hand is still hurting. And normally when I was younger, I could just bounce up and get on my bike. And so thank God I had a helmet because I have a hard head anyway. I've been told I'm hard-headed. Um, but I had a helmet, and my helmet cracked in the back because I hit the, my head on the concrete, uh, the pavement, so hard. Uh, and I was telling Shelly, I said, when I was younger, I would just bounce up. Now I just thud. I don't bounce up as quick. Because uh, I'm, you know, and so, young man, young lady, y- you're going to, in time, you're going to run out of strength. You're going to run out of energy. You're going to run out of ideas sometimes. But here's the cool news. When you depend on God, He will give you strength. He can renew your strength. He can give you new ideas. He can, there's many times when you and I, we've sat places, God, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. God, give me wisdom. Help me. He will give you wisdom every time. Amen? But here's the thing. When you and I depend on our own strength, we are in trouble, okay? So the question is, do you consider yourself a strong person or a weak person? Well, before you answer that, I wrote these, just write them down because I don't have time. 2 Corinthians 12.10, Philippians 2.13, God works through us. Uh, Let me talk about Peter. Remember him? Peter was proud. Remember Peter, the apostle Peter, okay? We've kind of talked about him. Now, Peter was arrogant. Peter was he, had, he fell to this trap of his own strength. Remember, Jesus said, all of you will abandon me. Peter, remember what Peter said? I will never abandon you. Uh, you know, he says, people are going to, you know, all of you are going to, God, I will never die. And do you remember, Peter was so proud of, uh, of himself that he could even rebuke Jesus. Can you imagine rebuking Jesus? The, the cre- I mean, Jesus knows everything. He, and can you imagine going up, Jesus, um, by the way, you were wrong about this area. And remember, Jesus had to say to him, get behind me, Satan. You don't know what's going on. And so check this out, because let me tell you, pride is an issue in our lives that gets us in trouble. Come on. And when you think that you uh, can rely on your own strength, Peter was doing that. In fact, there was another time, Peter and the disciples, and I know you don't do this, but they were arguing who was going to sit on the right hand of God. At, at the last supper, Jesus tells them, I'm going to go, I'm going to die, I'm going to be crucified and be buried, resurrected. They're arguing, okay, that's fine, Jesus. Well, who, who's going to be first? 
is it me? Is it John? Is it Bartholomew? Is it, it's surely not Thomas. And Pe- no, Peter's like, oh, uh, who is it, Jesus? And of course, check this out, because Jesus is loving and caring. And he, he looks straight at Peter. In Luke 22, 31-30, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. You see, Jesus predicted Peter's fall. Remember Peter said, I will never fall. But let me tell you, check this out. Because Satan is looking for permission to destroy your life. He's looking for you to think, well, I don't need God. I don't need this. I have all the money in the world. Tomorrow that money could disappear. I'm so smart. Your intelligence could, you could fall off your bike. Uh, you could get some crazy deeds. I pray against that. I mean, you don't know about tomorrow, so you can't always rely on your own strength. And so Peter was doing that. But this is what the New American Standard says. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. And see, the Bible says in Revelation that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He stands before God and he accuses you and I before God all the time. Look at Stan. He's got this issue. God, do you see that? Can, I'm going to work on that. Can you, can you let me do that? You think, well, that's crazy. Well, Peter... Peter was so full of himself. He was so arrogant. He was so, he so depended on his strength that Satan is saying, ah, pride. I know pride, God. I know that very well. Let me work on that. Let me help Peter out. And, and so he prays for him. You see, sadly, the pattern is that we deny that we think like this. We, well, I don't need God. I can do this. I can do this. Well, maybe for a short time, but you're going to run out, but God wants to work in your life. Amen? Here's what 1 Corinthians 10, 12 again says, don't be naive and self-confident in the New Living Translation. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face or easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. Have confidence in what God is doing in your life. Amen? But never think it's all because of you. All right? So the question again, are you living on God's strength are you living on your own? This, the second one, because I want to keep moving. Another trap that the devil works on us is trusting in our own righteousness. Well, Pastor Stan, I'm saved by grace, not by works, so any man should boast. You can all say that, and we're all saved by grace. And what, what I'm talking about, self-righteousness, is, is a couple things. Most of us, we sometimes think, you know what, I'm not that bad of a person. I'm not as bad as Pastor Stan. I'm not as bad as Barack Obama. I'm definitely not as bad as Donald Trump. I'm, a, you know, and you can do that, right? But I want to tell you, be careful with that, because that's self-righteousness. When you begin to think you're better than another person, that's self-righteousness. Come on, amen. And this is again, this is where the devil was. Remember, he, remember, the devil said, "I can overcome. I will be the king of all the world." <laughs> wow, really? And when you begin to put yourself over other people and make yourself the judge over all other people, that is pride. I know we live in a culture now where you're on social media, you're, you're bad-mouthing everybody. We're bad-mouthing everybody. And we're telling how bad they are. But you've got to be careful because that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to fall on that. Come on, amen? You see, the problem now with, with this trusting in our own righteousness is that it's a, it's a troubling thing. In fact... I've been hearing sermons and looking at the book of Job, and I thought, man, Job was a godly man. I mean, he was a godly man. Would you agree, Job, if you read the Bible? In fact, check this out. Let me, let me talk about this. Look, let's look at Job's life just for a second. You're going to be shocked when you see this. Maybe you already know this. Job 1, 6, and 7. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. 
And the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From roaming through the earth, going back and forth in it. Again, he's looking for us to fall. He's looking for traps. He's setting traps. He's looking for you and I to say, I don't need God, or I'm better than other people. And so, of course, he does that. And here's a struggle. Have you considered Job my servant? Oh, Job served you just because you bless him. Okay, take that out. So this is an area we struggle with because, well, God's a good God. He's a loving God. He never does anything bad. He doesn't always do... He never does anything bad to us, but he allows us to have our flesh worked out of us, our pride to be worked out of us. And, and I really never caught this until I began to study this a few years ago and I began to hear some sermons and then I heard it again in another sermon and I, heard, I read it in the book, Job 33, 8 and 9. You see, Job actually opened himself up to spiritual pride. Job, there was a trap set by the devil and Job stepped into it. Because you look at Job like, man, Job was a great man. I mean, how, how in the world? And he was faultless, but check this out. Job 33, 8 and 9. And, and remember his three so-called friends were telling Job how bad... I mean, if you have friends like that, please, please, I mean, don't, don't send them my way. I mean, those three friends, they were telling how, Job, you're wicked, you're evil, you're stupid, you're all this is because of all that you've done. And there's this one young man sitting on the side listening to those three. Here's what he says. Check this out. Here we go. I'm going to get on it. Job 33, 8 9. But you have said in my hearing... He said, I heard this. I heard the very words. And this, he heard Job say this. This is what Job said. Listen to this. I am pure and without sin. I am clean and free from guilt. Uh oh. Self righteous pride. And in my life, and I'm, it's crazy, I have met a few people in my life who said, I don't sin anymore. I said, Excuse me, I'm leaving right now because I don't want lightning to strike me. That's about to hit you. Okay? Because it's like, I mean, so, so this is scary. Even Job, who was a righteous man. But here's what it is, okay? We can think, I'm a good person. I don't do that. I don't say that. I, I'm not as bad as the people at work or at my church. Let me read, the, Rob, Pastor Rob Moore says, Righteous living doesn't make us righteous. Righteous living doesn't make us righteous. Only the blood of Jesus makes us righteous. Only God's sacrifice makes you righteous. Now, His righteousness is worked out of us. His goodness comes out of us. But be careful not to think that you're more righteous, you're more holy. And I, I shake my head because I meet people, oh, I'm the only one serving God. Oh, you're the only one. Hmm, Elijah said that too, and God had to kind of rebuke him a little bit and kind of took him to a tough time. Be careful when you think you're, oh, I'm the only one suffering for Jesus. Only me. Oh, Okay, well, there's a trap again. And the devil wants you to fall into that trap. And I'm not making fun, because we do struggle. And we do, and, 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 and come, come to us. We'll pray with you, but don't think you that you're so righteous that you're the only one dealing with this. Amen? I love you. The last one, because you've got to hear this, is trusting in your own wisdom. Trusting in your own wisdom. And this, it amazes me, just reading the scriptures in the last weeks, it amazes me how often we as humans think we're smarter than God. <laughs> come on, Really? He created us. He cre he's still creating galaxies and stars and, and, and planets. And we think we're smarter than God. We think we can change His ways. We think there's no remorse. There's, there's nothing wrong. We can do what we want. Well, that's a problem. And then I don't have time to go there because we've we got to move on. But King Ahab was the king of Israel. And he was a wicked king. And King Ahab, in fact, let me just throw this at you. King Ahab, so this is depending on your wisdom. King Ahab... His first problem was that he married Jezebel. And Jezebel was, was, from, was, was a Syrophoenician, and, and they worshipped 
they did sacrifices, they did evil stuff. And so let me just say this. Okay, here's free, free. This is free. Okay, this is extra. This is free. Be careful marrying someone who's not of the same faith as you. Because Jezebel caused Ahab to go wicked, evil. They were sacrificing. They were doing these wicked things. So, and and so, so King, King Ahab was upset that the Syrians had taken this town. He wanted to take it back, and he was going to get it. And so they had all these prophets come before him. And then he goes to, to the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat, and says, Hey, will you join me? Hey, we're brothers. We're brothers. Let's go take this city back. And so Jehoshaphat says, What did your prophets say? Oh, all the prophets said we could take it. And he's like, Is there not a prophet of God? Because basically all the prophets under uh, Ahab were paid by, by the, the state and they, they said whatever, whatever the state wanted them to say. So when Ahab, are we going to take the land, guys? Remember the paycheck? Yes, you're going to go ahead. You'll, you'll take, yeah, you're going to win. So Jehoshaphat was, said, okay, let's hear from God. Is there not a prophet? Yeah, there's one prophet. He always tells us what we want to hear. Go get, his, his name was Micaiah, Micaiah. Rob McKay, McKay is like, okay, because he knew, all right, yes, you're going to win. And he's like, no, stop. Tell us the truth. He tells them the truth. And I, I've got to read this to you. Just listen. 1 Kings 22, 19, 23. Micaiah continued, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on, the, on his throne with all the host of heaven standing around him on his right hand and his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab into attacking Ramoth Gilead and going to his death there? One suggested this and another that. Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. By what means, the Lord asked, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouths of all his prophets. And he said, you will succeed in enticing him, said the Lord. Go and do it. So now the Lord was, has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all these prophets of yours. The Lord has, has decreed disaster. He's like, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. God doesn't lie. That's right. But you see, remember I told you that Satan was, is at the throne of God. He's the accuser of us. So he has these demonic spirits. They're lying and they're going, God, we will do that for you. We will work that pride out of Stan Nelson. We will, and God, sometimes, you know what, I hate to admit this, but if you look at Job, you look at Peter, you look at a lot of Moses, you, you look at now, you look at now uh, Jehoshaphat, and you look at Ahab. And unfortunately, Ahab and, and Jehoshaphat heard Micaiah. They knew he was a prophet of God. They knew he spoke the truth. But guess what? They ignored him. And they still went to battle, and Ahab died. And you see, sometimes you and I, and as a pastor, oh, I, I have so many illustrations of, of real people's lives who would not listen to godly counsel. And they come to me, Pastor Stan, I, I got this, I got this, I got this, but I still know I want to do this. And I'm thinking, well, these things, if you don't stop, they're going to destroy you. I'm just telling you. And they say, you know, thank you, Pastor Stan, and thank you, but we're going to do what we want. And then I, I hear bad things about it. And I, I just, oh, my brain's going to explode. I just can't tell you how many times that I've heard that. That we, we want to hear, we, wanna, we just want to do an obligatory, I ask God, but I'm going to do my own thing. Don't fall into your own wisdom. Don't think that you are wiser than God. And sometimes when, when, when nine out of Ten of your friends say, you know, you probably shouldn't do that. Maybe God is speaking through those nine friends. Well, I, that one friend said, Pastor Stan, you said to live your dream out. You said that there's a gift of God. And so, and, and so all nine of those, they're negative people, Pastor Stan. But maybe God is putting those nine people that might, they might be there, but they're trying to tell you something. Don't do it. Come on, amen. Don't think you're wiser. And so, so think about this this morning. You see, we struggle with this concept. 
Proverbs 17, 16, 18, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And I'm almost done. Maybe some of our problems in our lives is because we have pride. Maybe, come on, please hear me because I love you very much. Maybe your career is stuck because you think you're better than others. Maybe you haven't got the promotion because you've got pride issues. Maybe your relationships aren't what they are because you think you're better than all your friends. Can I be honest with you? If you think you're better than your friends, your friends don't want to hang around you. If you're always talking bad about your friends in their face, guess what? They're not going to want to hang around you. Come on, this is a pride issue. Come on, amen? Maybe your faith is stagnant because you feel you're more spiritual than all the others. You see, I find that really spiritually more mature Christians don't go around flaunting it. They will serve. They will help. They don't... Well, I've, I've been praying 10 hours today. How, how many hours did you pray, Pastor Dan? I prayed on 270. Does that count? Jesus helped me to be safe and help me not be crazy. Amen? Maybe your stumbling block is your spiritual pride. Maybe you're not further along in life because you think you know everything. Maybe you do. Maybe you're smarter than Einstein times infinity. And there's really no person like that except for God who knows all things. Maybe you've opened the door to the enemy and he's speaking false wisdom into your life because you don't want to hear the truth. Maybe you think you're better than everyone. And, and according to Kelsey's talk, and it breaks my heart that I even had people, they stopped coming to the church because they know more than the pastor. And thank God people know more than me. But when you think that you know more than the church and God, you're in trouble. Satan did the same thing. Remember that? How did it end up for him? Well, he's going he's gonna to burn in, in hell forever. But before he does that, he's going to try to keep trying to trip us. Please be open to God. Would you stand with me this morning? You see, would God... Check this out. This, is, this, doesn't, this doesn't always square with your and I theology. Would God give the devil permission to oppose us? The answer to is yes. Look at Peter. Look at Job. Look at Ahab. Look at, I mean, look at this different people in Scripture because they had pride, because they thought they didn't need God. They thought they could do their own strength. I don't know. Uh, they, they thought they could do it without God. And the, the Lord had to let the devil work that out of their lives. The good news is you don't have to fall to that. The Bible says, humble yourself inside of the Lord and He will lift you up. Did you hear that? Humble yourself before the Lord and He will lift you up. Pride, what does it say? Goes before destruction. A haughty spirit or high-minded person before a fall. The scripture says, check this out, James 4, 6, but God who gives more grace. That is why the scripture says God opposes the proud, but it gives grace to the humble. You see, God opposes proud people. Did you, did you see that? If you think you, you don't have pride or you're all that, God opposes that. It flies in the face of his love. It flies in the face of the creator. Say, I don't need you, God. I don't need your wisdom. It, he opposes that. Come on, Amen.
But here's the good news. If you want wisdom, God is a loving God. James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, check this out, who gives generously to all without finding fault. Oh, thank God. Isn't that awesome? When I need help, he says, I mean, and he could say, Stan, you blew it. You were foolish. You were stupid. If you would have sought me first, that wouldn't have happened. But because you've asked, I'm going to give you generous now wisdom, and maybe it'll even work out better. That's our God. So before you fall to the trap, before you allow the devil to destroy you, before you allow your own pride to keep you from knowing God and having great relationships, you need to say, God, I humble myself in your sight. And Lord, give me your wisdom to deal with my boss, my family, the church, the politics, the violence, all the stuff that you're dealing with in your life. God can give you wisdom and he can give you answers to help you out. Isn't that awesome? I know that this is a tough message, Pastor Stan. I don't like it. Well, I needed it. And I'm going to say you needed it. We needed this message. Because our, our world is full of false pride, false hope, deceptive spirits. God doesn't want you to be deceived. He wants you to live free. Come on, amen? So the step for you this morning to be truly free, because I don't want to call you from the altar, I want you to say to yourself, okay, what do I need to do to make Jesus oversee this stuff? Are you ready to be free of the effects of pride, or are you going to allow yourself to fall? Please don't fall, because the enemy, he, again, he's looking for you. He's making traps, but through the Word of God, through praying, through reading the Bible, through fellowship with other believers, you can oversee and, and say, I see a trap. I'm not going to do it. Come on, amen? Father, in Jesus' name, I pray now, right now, that your spirit would be in us, Lord. That we would humble ourselves freely, not forcefully. We would humble ourselves before we say, God, we need you in every aspect of our lives. Everything, our relationships, our, our management, our resources, our, 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 our faith, our bodies, our, all that we do, Lord, we seek you because you're the great creator. We are not smarter than you. We are not wiser than you. We are not more creative than you. But you can give us wisdom. You can give us knowledge. You can give us insight. You can give us creativity. And it says that if we acknowledge you in all our ways and we don't lead our understanding, you will do this. You will make nourishment to our lives, to our bodies, to our relationships. So, Lord, we want that nourishment because that will give us life, God. And, Father, we rebuke the enemy from our lives. We renounce him. And Lord, we submit our pride to you, stubborn pride, arrogant pride, whatever kind of pride we have, spiritual pride, pride in our own selves, pride in the working of our hands. And there's nothing wrong with us being uh, glad and confident, but we have acknowledged it's you working through us, God. We don't want to be a statistic, God. We don't want to be someone that was a has-been because of pride. Lord, we want to be people that are vessels of love to the world around us. So today, Lord God, I'm asking that, Lord, if there's anyone in this room that's not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they've never really accepted Him and, and allowed Him to be their, their, their Lord, their Master, their Savior, their King of Kings, I'm asking you to speak to their spirit right now and you allow them to, to accept that. Friends, with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, I want to give you opportunity because, you see, Jesus comes to set us free. The Bible says Jesus comes to set the captives free. He comes to give us life eternal. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father except through me. And this morning, I want to give you opportunity with all heads bowed, all eyes closed, just quickly. And you say, you know, Pastor Stan, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I've never done it before. I want to accept his life. I want to be free of sin. I want to be free of the destructive power of the enemy. I want Jesus to be the master and savior of my life. I want to know him. Would you just raise your hand? No one looking around and say, this is me. I want to accept Jesus as my savior. Anyone else? All right, everyone put your hands down. Everyone pray after me, please. Dear Lord Jesus. I acknowledge that you love me and you are forgiving me. I repent of my sins, of my selfishness, 
of my pride. I make you the king of my heart, my mind, my soul, my spirit. Now, Lord Jesus, let me know that I am your child. And today, fill me with your love, your knowledge, and your Holy Spirit. I humbly accept you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you said that prayer and this is the first time, or you're recommitting yourself, um, I gave out booklets last night. There's some in the back. That's, it's a, a, a handbook for followers of Jesus. They want, I want you to get one of those. Here's the last thing. I'm going to let you go because we've got to let you go. Would you allow the Holy Spirit to tell you areas of your life this week that you need to submit to Him? And as I said last week, and I gave that little yellow sheet out, there's some in the back. If you've opened a door to the enemy in your lives, you've got to shut that door. Let me give you a quick instruction on how to shut the door. Okay, you ready for this? Say, Jesus, I shut this door in Jesus' name. I renounce it in Jesus' name. It's that simple. Because you see, when you fall to a trap, or as I talked about last week, if you give a foothold to the devil, you have to renounce him. You have to say, no more control of my life in Jesus' name. Okay, that's all you have to do. It's that simple. So let the Spirit speak to you. Amen. Take one of those yellow sheets. If you need me to pray with you, you need to talk to me, I would love to talk with you. I would love to connect you with God. God bless you. You are an awesome group of people. Say hi one to another. Shake someone's hand. Those booklets are in the back. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. The VBS is coming at 2 o'clock if you want to come set up. Say hi to someone. Don't rush out. Amen. I love you. God bless you in Jesus' name.